Garamia, a road trip to the top of the South Island's west coast. Garamia, a road trip to the top of the South Island's west coast. The South Island's west coast from Charleston north to Garamia and the start of the Hefe track. Map data copyright 2021 Google, contrast enhanced. North at top. The west coast north of Westport is booming at the moment, with visitors up 80%. Which is a good thing, as it's an area that's easy to overlook. For the road to Karamia and the Hefe track is ultimately a dead end. So, I've compiled some photos and a video of some things to see and some places to eat at and to stay at, plus guides to local walks. Walks like the ones shown in this brochure which shows the things to see outside of Karamia. The largest west coast town north of Westport. These include the incredible Operara Arches and Mirror Tarn, which I'll be showing at the end of this post. Even these are accessible by way of McCallum's Mill Road, you can see a lot in this area without having to go on any epic hikes exclamation mark starting out from Westport, the first place you'll want to make a turn off to see is the historic mining community of Deniston, on top of a low mountain some 600 meters or 2,000 feet above the coast. There are see-through interpretive panels that have sketches of the town as it was around 1900 drawn on them, as you would have seen it from that spot in the day.Deniston collage view of a hill near Deniston, from Deniston view from the Deniston hill I have. E some more about Deniston including a 1967 film, in my West Coast blog post Green Jungles and Waters of Jade. From there, you head on to Granity, a town with a name that suggests another kind of mining. This whole area was essentially a mining community. But it was never hugely profitable once you got away from Westport and Deniston, and that's one of the reasons the promised loop roads that would have really opened up the area were never completed. The planned routes of these roads are today known as the Heafy Track and the Old Ghost Road. Beach scenes at Granity Yard for art's sake, at Granity the Ghost Lodge at Granity, lovely in the sunshine, of course a few kilometers up the coast you come to Ngakawa and, across the Ngakawa River, to Hector. While I was at the Hector campground, a freedom camping area, free, for self-contained vans, I saw a very useful map of all the campsites in the district. There's also a more upscale place you can stay at Hector called the Old Slaughterhouse Traveler's Lodge, which sounds picturesque. Carrying on up the main road, you get to Mokihinui and, a short way inland on a side road, to Seddonville. Nicknamed Soddenville by some, as it rains quite a lot in these parts and especially once you go inland, Seddonville is the gateway to the northern end of the old ghost road. Mokihinui Pub and Grub, outwardly unprepossessing but highly recommended sign to Gentle Annie Beach. Gentle Annie Beach is worth visiting for the gentle a knee point maze and lookout. The coast is uninhabited and without roads for some distance north from here. Until you get to Little Wanganui, the main road curves inland over that stretch. There's also the gentle Annie Seaside accommodation and camping ground, where you can go to sleep to the sound of wild waves or sit and drink coffee under a rain shield, beside a pizza stove that seems to have been made of clay. Under a rain canopy, at gentle Annie Seaside accommodation and camping ground top 10 things to do, listed at the gentle Annie. The gentle Annie has a terrific website by the way, linked in the last sentence. Do come back and check it out. Slightly inland from Mokihinui in the beach is Seddonville, gateway to the Old Ghost Road. The turnoff to Seddonville, 2 kilometers inland from the main road and the northern terminus of the Old Ghost Road, among other things the Seddonville Hotel, i.e., pub, for sale when I was there Seddonville Holiday Park the Mokihinui River, near the start of the Old Ghost Road outside Seddonville start of the Old Ghost Road, outside Seddonville scenes in and around Granity, Mokihinui, and Seddonville including a fireplace in the rough-and-tumble bush lodge at bottom left after a main road detour inland past the most rugged section of the coast and a track that leads to a small, scenic lake called Lake Hanlon, 
you come back to the coast at a town called Little Wanganui. It's from Little Wanganui that the Wangapika track over to Nelson leaves via the Wangapika Road. Scenes to do with Little Wanganui, including the Wangapika backpapers and farm stay. Next two photos as well. The Wangapika Road is the one leading to the Wangapika track, and the farm stay is 4.8 kilometers along it and so to Karamea. Here is a beautiful wetland on the coast near Karamea. It's part of an amazing, silted up estuary. I talk about the estuary in the first clip of this video, made originally for a post on the Hefe track. The Karamea estuary is just stunning, so stunning I misspoke. It's not in the northeast of New Zealand, of course, I meant the northern part of the South Island, but the estuary wasn't always like that. It used to be a busy working port until the Great Murchison earthquake of 1929 which filled the harbor with silt washed down from huge landslides in the hills. The Murchison earthquake killed 17 people, mostly from landslides, and the silting up of Karamea's port created further difficulties for a struggling regional economy. There is one bright spot, and that is that international seismographic records of the Murchison quake, which was detected all around the world, helped a pioneering female scientist in Denmark, named Ingelaman, to show that the earth has a solid inner core. Inga Lehmann in 1932. Image courtesy the Royal Library, National Library of Denmark and University of Copenhagen University Library, CC by SA 4.0 via Wikimedia Commons. It just goes to show that everything is connected, in the most remarkable ways. Here's a sign on the way into town. I took photos of signs for the last resort in the Karamea Holiday Park, Vinnie's, a very highly recommended cafe in Karamea, Vinnie's. Bridge St. Karamea and the General Store, Karamea, the General Store both the General Store and Vinnie's are on opposite sides of the four-square supermarket. You can't miss it. This is an interesting statue, erected just recently in Karamea by local Mari Iwi, tribes, depicting an ancestor named Tamaya who is said to have flown on the back of a honky oi or giant semi-mythical eagle. The sculpture is called Tamaya Kaharangi and reflects the tale that Tamaya flew over Wakatu, Nelson, Karamea and farewell spit, which is to say, largely over the area traditionally known as Kaharangi, including Kaharangi National Park. A small plaque describes how the spot on which the statue was erected was also a waystation on traditional Paunamu, Greenstone, New Zealand jade, gathering expeditions. Hokioi The Hokioi is only semi-mythical, for in fact one of the world's largest eagles, much heavier than any eagle living today and with claws as big as a tiger's used to live in New Zealand until about 700 years ago. After which, it died out due to interaction with humans, something that has often happened to large creatures in regions colonized by humans for the very first time. This giant eagle, known to scientists as Host's eagle, was the only eagle to achieve the status of the T-op predator in a large terrestrial ecoystem. Its favorite food consisted of the several species of flightless bird called moa, which weighed up to 200 kilograms each. Extinction of Host's eagle was hastened by the fact the moa were also wiped out by early Mari. The first Mari may also have deliberately tried to destroy the nests of the eagle in order to reduce its numbers further. 4. Maori lore also speaks of terrible birds that would attack children. Modern science supports the idea that Host's eagle probably was, indeed, quite dangerous to small people. Though its likely real-life inspiration was fearsome enough. The Hokioi of legend only grew more marvelous until it became the Maori equivalent of the Phoenix or Sinbad's Rock. And so on to Operara, which gets 6 meters of rain a year. You get to this area by way of McCallum's Mill Road, a road put in by loggers of the ancient rainforest back in the days when that was also a mainstay of the local economy, alongside mining. 
These days, the road now serves the purpose of ecotourism. As an ecological tourist destination, the area is famous for its limestone fossil caves and natural arches, all dissolved out by the continual rain. One of the most famous, and accessible, is Moria Gate Arch, which is on a short loop walk from McCallum's Mill Road, a loop that also takes in a reflecting lake called the Mirror Tarn. Local signboard at Operara Operara, yellow SUV, and shelters the Moria Gate Arch at Operara semi-dissolvedly. Must own one end of Moria Gate Arch from inside the author inside Moria Gate Arch a backlit scene outside, above the stream reflections in the mirror tarn some video I took, of the Moria Gate Arch, a rare rio or blue duck which only lives in streams and refuses stagnant ponds, and the mirror tarn there are lots of historical and scientific displays, such as this one of the fossil caves which have yielded many intact skeletons of Haas eagle among other things. The large flightless birds depicted here are moa, of which the bones of six species have been found in the local cave complex of Honeycomb Hill. Operara collage more distant, by way of tracks, are the Fenian caves and the former Fenian gold workings. Fenians were 19th century Irish revolutionaries, some of whom were hanged for incidents that included a misjudged attempt to blow open the walls of a prison in an English town called Clarkenwell which accidentally killed 12 locals and injured 10 times as many more, apart from that, it worked. The men who went to the gallows came to be venerated as martyrs, though not so much in Clarkenwell I suspect. The Fenian caves and workings fit a pattern I've noticed elsewhere, of some quite subversive place names in the South Island. In a recent blog post on Central Otago, I asked, by the way, what's with names like Cromwell and Naseby? The latter bears the same name as the site of the greatest victory of Oliver Cromwell's new model army against the Cavs.